Gregorian chant, the soul of sacred music, and the body of the music you'll hear on our program, Sacred Soundings, music to deepen your faith beyond measure. I'm Al Romano, your host for Sacred Soundings, on listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, and streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. When you hear the term soldier saint, you might automatically think of St. Joan of Arc, the heroine who fought for the French against the English in the Hundred Years' War, or possibly St. Francis, who fought for Assisi in its war with Perugia. But there were soldier saints many centuries before these two lived. Use of the word soldier as a metaphor for a faithful follower of Christ appears a number of times in the scriptures. There's a familiar example in St. Paul's second letter to Timothy. He writes, Bear your share of hardship along with me like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. The earliest identifiable soldier saints lived in the third century, and they were mostly early Christians who were soldiers of the Roman Empire and who, after becoming Christians, refused to participate in imperial cult rituals and were subjected to punishment, torture, and martyrdom. Among the first of these military saints was St. Procopius, a victim of the Diocletian persecution in Palestine. He was named Neonias when he was born of a pious Christian father named Christopher and a treacherous mother, an idolatress named Theodosia, who would later betray her son. After the father's death, Theodosia presented Neonias to Diocletian. The emperor made him Duke of Alexandria and sent him there to punish the Christians. On the way to Alexandria, our Lord spoke to Neonias as once he had spoken to Saul on the road to Damascus and transformed this would-be persecutor into an avid Christian. Neonias turned back to Scythopolis and preached Christ. There he was betrayed by his mother and was arrested. While he was in prison, the Lord appeared to him again and gave him the new name of Procopius, which is derived from the Greek word meaning progress or advancement. He was brought out of prison and taken to worship idols, but as he prayed, the idols came crashing down. Many who witnessed this believed in Christ and suffered martyrdom. Procopius was then beheaded.
Thine are the heavens, O all ye who pass by the way, and, if you love me, by the Scola Cantorum of the Dominican House of Studies in the province of St. Joseph. While St. Margaret Clitheroe didn't bear arms as a soldier, she certainly could be characterized as a secret agent and sympathizer with forces opposed to the enemy, the enemy being Queen Elizabeth I, one of the daughters of Henry VIII. After ascending to the throne of England, Elizabeth began acting like a brutal dictator. Among other things, she outlawed religious freedom in England. Many groups were persecuted during this time, but the burden fell most heavily on Jesuit priests, who were relentlessly hunted down and executed. Margaret Clitheroe, also known as the Pearl of York, had been brought up, as one writer puts it, in a Protestant England, but had converted to Roman Catholicism. Thereafter, she was frequently fined for not attending Anglican services, and once imprisoned for nearly a year for not attending them. Now a devout Catholic, Margaret had great sympathy for the hunted priests and would give them safe shelter in her house. She also harbored Roman Catholic missionary priests and allowed masses to be celebrated in her home. Eventually, she was caught in a raid on her house. Refusing to deny her faith, she was convicted of crimes against the state and, with unspeakable cruelty, slowly crushed to death beneath 800 pounds of stone.
O heart of Jesus, for love of me, and holy and immaculate virgin, by the benedictions of Mary, Queen of Apostles. It's been said that the cost of martyrdom is all the good things of this world that a Christian gives up, plus all the suffering that individual endures for the sake of Christ, weighed against the promise Jesus has given us of everlasting joy with him in heaven. With that equation in mind, consider the case of St. Theodore, a strikingly handsome Roman commander in the army of the Emperor Licinius. Theodore loved Christ more than anything else in the world. He scoffed at the foolish idol worship of the superstitious emperor, shattered silver and gold idols, and gave the pieces to the poor, brought many to the Christian faith, and urged the emperor himself to reject idolatry and believe in the one God. When Theodore's fervor had gone too far, he was condemned to die, but not before being tortured. He was flogged, receiving 600 lashes on the back and 500 lashes on the stomach. Then he was crucified and pierced through with arrows. Finally, he was slain with a sword. He had scorned his exceptional good looks, his honor, and his prestige as a Roman army commander, and the favor he enjoyed with the emperor, all for the sake of Christ. Throughout his torture, Theodore repeated unceasingly, Glory to thee, my God, glory to thee. Having suffered some of the same tortures Christ suffered for several hours, he died as Christ did at three o'clock in the afternoon. St. Theodore is regarded as a protector of soldiers who turn to him in time of need.
Magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord, the canticle of the Virgin Mary, by the men and boys of the Scola Gregoriana Mediolanensis of Rome, Italy. You're listening to Sacred Soundings, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. St. Ignatius of Loyola and St. Francis of Assisi had more than soldiering in common. Both founded religious orders, Ignatius, the Jesuits, and Francis, the Franciscans, and both had conversion experiences while convalescing from the effects of war on their bodies. Ignatius, a shattered leg, and Francis, greatly impaired health resulting from a year's confinement and brutal treatment in a damp and dismal enemy dungeon. Francis, of course, is probably the best-known and most beloved saint among Catholics and all other denominations. With his love of animals and all the other beauties of creation, he might well be thought of as the original environmentalist. One biographical piece on Ignatius says that because there were no books of romance on hand during his convalescence, he whiled away the time reading A Life of Christ and Lives of the Saints. His conscience was deeply touched, and a long, painful turning to Christ began. Having seen the Mother of God in a vision, he made a pilgrimage to her shrine in Montserrat, near Barcelona. He spent three days confessing the sins of his whole life, then hung his sword and a dagger near a statue of the Virgin Mary as symbols of his abandoned military ambitions, and remained there for almost a year. After a period of great peace of mind, Ignatius began to write down material that later became his greatest work, the spiritual exercises. Nobody knows the horrors of war better than the soldiers who fought in wars. It was a soldier, American Civil War General William Tecumseh Sherman, who said famously, War is hell. It struck me that this truism could apply not only to physical combat on the battlefield, but also to a painful personal struggle one might have with a spiritual enemy. The big difference between the two is that in a spiritual battle, the stakes are much, much higher. Fighting a life-and-death battle with sin, no doubt could be hell, but the reward for winning it is heaven. I'm Al Romano, your host for Sacred Soundings, airing every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and at 2.30 and 9 p.m. on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Sacred Soundings, music to deepen your faith beyond measure. 